Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. Now, Lonely Planets, Ireland guidebook, was one of its top 10 best-selling guide titles last year. And the Vice President of the Lonely Planet across UK and Europe, Tom Hall, is with us on the line today. Tom, what makes Ireland so popular? Um, I think there's I think there's a couple of things that make Ireland really fantastic guidebook territory. Um, Lonely Planet's a global company, so we hear from travellers all over the world, and we know that there's this huge emotional aspiration to visit. But then people get onto that question of what's it really like? So maybe they imagine themselves having these sort of classic experiences, being in a cosy pub with live music. How does that work? Might want to go and drive up the Wild Atlantic Way. Need practical advice to do that. And critically, I think, how do you experience Ireland away from the main tourist sites? I think that's where a guidebook comes in. And that's why we've got this popularity on both sides here. So just to explain to people, first of all, is it, it how does the actual um, contributions, we'll say, for instance, to the Irish Lonely Planet Guide, who who writes them, or how, how does that work, Tom? Yeah, so we've we've got a mixture of um, of locally based contributors who live across Ireland um, in Cork, in Belfast, and other locations, um, and sort of um, writers who come from overseas. They come in, um, they visit all the places that they include in the books. They've obviously got some places that are their favourites that've been in for long times. So they're always looking for new experiences as well. That whole process of research takes about um, you know three to six months, mm. um, and then so you know for things that are coming out next month, like this new guide, they would have been out on the road um, sometime last year. Okay, so it's contributions from basically travel writers or travel journalists living in Ireland and then those coming in from overseas as well to get the inside and outside, I suppose, perspective. Yeah, that's that's the idea, and yeah, um, you know, we, we we think we think it's really important though that you know people do get the perspective of people who live in a place. Um, we know that that's increasingly important as people are looking for these sort of really distinct and unique experiences, especially somewhere like you know like Ireland. I know many of your listeners in Dublin will be thinking, "Go, you know, this area is absolutely stuffed full of tourists," and it is. Yeah. Um, however. There's so much more to the city than just those one or two places that, that people see. So we think it's really important to, to give people advice on, you know, the, the whole place, really. How do you decide, Tom, what places to flag or highlight or to suggest to tourists coming to Ireland? Well, I mean, it, in, in some ways, it's a straightforward process to start with because, you know, we A, have got the benefit of 50 years of experience. Um, in Ireland's case, this is, you know, the 30th anniversary of our guide. So we like to think we know our beat quite well. Um, we also keep, you know, very, very close relationships with people when we're traveling around. We talk to people what's new, what might, what might have opened recently. Um, and also thinking about wh- how we can direct people so that so they're not just seeing those very popular places. Um, you know, Lonely Planet's always been known for helping to get people off the beaten track to maybe find surprising things that you won't find from other um, from other publishers. And we really pride ourselves on doing that. So that process is really, I think, uh, we take the recommendation from our expert contributors um, and our editors are working to make sure we can fit all of that into our book and onto our online site as well. Like I can only imagine, obviously I've never bought or looked at the Lonely Planet Irish Guide to see what you're recommending, but my straight away, my assumption is that you have Trinity College, Book of Kells, Guinness Storehouse, probably the Cliffs of Moher. There's so many other amazing hidden gems, you know, and I, I just wonder, do they ever get a mention or a flag in the book? Well, I'm, I'm looking at the book in front of me now, page 
four. So literally right at the start, we've got Isabel Orbiston, one of our writers, flagging up the Mourne Mountains as, as her favourite. Catherine Neves, the second one, recommending Waterford. Um, and then Noel Kelly sending uh, suggesting that people explore around Connemara a little bit more. I'm sure they'll be very familiar to your listeners, but to international travellers, it's probably it's a bit different from all of the places that, that you've just mentioned. We do talk about those as well. Um, every, obviously, who, who's going to come to Ireland and not want to see the incredible Book of Kells, for mm. example? But we do give suggestions on how people can see that. Maybe when there aren't so many people there, coming at a quieter time of day, quieter time of year, um, and seeing if there's ways that you can skip the line or something like that. So yeah. trying to give tips in that way. But so the other side of it too, Tom, and look, I'm guilty of this myself. When you're going to visit somewhere or your holiday uh, in, in whatever country, you do want to kind of do the tick box stuff as well. Like you want to see the popular things. If you're in Italy and you're in Pisa, you want to see the Leaning Tower. Overrated, oh, but you should probably see it. Of course you do. And and that's one of the real joys, I think, that, that, that we have at Lonely Planet is to, you know, really suggest to people, of course, you're going to want to see those things. Here's how you can see them as well as you possibly can. However, have you also thought about this? Have you thought about this this surprising one? Um, and, you know, one of the joys of Ireland, my own experience of, of, of travelling Ireland in Ireland has been, yes, you know, those those key world famous things are very much worth seeing. But there's something that's so surprising around the corner. And quite often it's either that conversation with someone who lives there that, that unlocks that or possibly someone like our writers who can who can give you that bit of extra different guidance. It's a bit of a treasure hunt and we like to show you and suggest rather than always just tell you and we think that's served mm. us quite well over the years. Just for listeners today, um, if you haven't heard about this, Ireland is in the top 10 best-selling guides along with Japan, Iceland, Thailand and New York City. Is it is it common or frequent, Tom, that Ireland would be in the top 10? Um, it's an it's an interesting one. I, I think it's relatively um, it's relatively common because we know how popular Ireland is from all over the world. We know it has this global appeal. Lonely Planet's key markets, of course, is Europe, North America, Australia, and New Zealand as well. And you know, most people who are coming to Europe are going to want to include Ireland on, on an itinerary if they're doing a sort of longer trip, which is something that a lot of Lonely Planet travellers do. Um, there has been a bit of movement in terms of the most popular um, destinations for us since before the pandemic and after it. I'm not really surprised to see Ireland in there at the moment because I do think it's quite timeless as well, this aspiration to visit. Texture says, the Lonely Planet books are my Bible when I go on holidays. I love buying one after I've booked my holiday to make all of my plans. This texture, Tom, is wondering, um, with online, social media, internet, has that stopped people relying on guidebooks? Um, I actually think in some ways it's it's underlined the use of a guidebook. Um, there are clearly things that people use the internet for very, very heavily um, around booking, around things like accommodation and, and possibly even deciding where they're going to eat that night. You know, our, our recent consumer research very much suggests that. But it hasn't really solved this problem of my two weeks, say, my two weeks holiday is so important to me. How do I make that as, as good as it can possibly be? I need an expert tip. I need an independent voice that I can trust. And I think that a guidebook really comes into its own for those kind of things. So mm. um, we, we do see them as complementary, really. A listener says, during COVID, we holidayed in Ireland. We were surprised by how good our tourist attractions are. Of course, there's so many hidden gems across the country, but it's us, up to us to shout about them. I'm always preaching about Sleeve League in Donegal. Absolutely, people should go and see it. Another texter, Tom, was wondering, um, do you warn people? 
about the cost of living, cost of things here in Ireland at the moment. It's a big talking point, you know, here at home. Do you talk to people about that or even, you know, dangers with antisocial behaviour? Is that ever um, mentioned? Well, what we what we try very hard to do is to give us a, a contemporary perspective across the board. So, um, you know, what are, what are some of the things that are, that are you know, uh, talking points of, of daily life in Ireland at the moment. Um, cost of living is obviously something that affects everybody around the world. And we have to try and put that in balance and perspective. Obviously, depending on where you're coming from, you're either going to find Ireland a more expensive place, a less expensive place, or, or more or less the same. But we also want to show people how they can get the best possible value from where they're traveling to in the, uh, you know, wherever mm. they go. And that isn't always about looking for the, for the, for the cheapest option. It can be about, oh, you know what, this place is a really good place to eat um you know and and it's it's going to give you like a fantastic overall experience that maybe you would have to pay a bit more for if you went to another place yeah Um, so yeah we're, we're trying to find um the right context to give people in all cases just finally out of curiosity there's a listener wondering do you ever get feedback from tourists after they bought your book and then traveled to ireland that's a good question. Oh, we do all the time. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And and what we what we very often find is that is that people want to give us very detailed feedback. Um, and I think it shows how closely people engage both with the guidebook and those decisions that they make on the ground. So people would say, oh, you know, you talk about that. Actually, I preferred this place. Or, um, you know, when you when you're given this suggestion, you haven't included this. That's a very common one we get. Is why haven't you put this place in? Unfortunately, that's the reality of publishing at least the book. When when things are online, we've got a space to be a little bit more expansive and that's where a lot of our articles come in we can be recommending like a, a you know a lot more in the way of shops and restaurants yeah. that, that maybe can quite make him into the print copy listen tom thanks a million for joining us here on lunchtime live today that's tom hall who's the vice president of lonely planet uh, in the uk and europe claire has gotten touch to say tell the man to include north meath the tombs in old castle trim castle and uh, is it mullamine forest beautiful lakes many tourists who stop for a night on their way to the airport they're often sorry that they don't stay longer. Another texter says one of the best places to go is the Glenef Horseshoe in Ballantrillic in Sligo. I know it well. This texter says it is amazing and it is breathtaking. And finally, another listener says the best way to judge a good guidebook is to see what they say about your own home country and city. If you agree with the recommendations, then the international ones are probably similar. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.